Number two is uh, this team, Columbus, needs to fire everybody at the end of the season, except for their scouting staff. Fire everybody in this organization, top to yep. bottom, except for the people who make the picks, because they have had some pretty damn good picks over the last little while. Fire the guy who makes trades. Fire the guy who makes signings. Fire the guy who shreds paperwork or cleans the floors or the toilets. Fire everybody except for the guy who picks the players at the draft floor, because everything about this team is an absolute dumpster fire right now. And again, Corey, sorry for that, but it's true. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 197 of the pod. Cody Abrams and Melbourne uh, with you for this one as we uh, get ready to head into the NHL All-Star break, All-Star weekend happening in uh, your neck of the woods uh, this coming weekend, Chad, in Toronto. And uh, so certainly looking forward to that. It's a break for uh, for all 32 NHL teams and, uh, and their players, except for the guys, of course, who are going to be a part of All-Star weekend. Our uh, in-season check-in episodes continue, and we've got two divisions left. We're going over to the East, and uh, we're going to be talking about the teams in the Metro division in this episode. So uh, before we get to that, fellas, how are we doing? Doing good. Trying to take like absorb a lot in this this week, as it is my last week that I have potential in the NHL video games. Uh, my last week of being 26 years old. So reading lots of books and watching documentaries and uh, just trying to learn, you know, absorb it all. <laughs> trying to reach that medium elite potential, eh, Case? Right. <laughs> or was it franchise? I, I forget. It was one of the it two. It was AHL bottom 14. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, doing well, boys. Harper, like you mentioned off the top, the All-Star game and festivities is coming to Toronto this weekend. I won't be attending the game or skills because they're both way too expensive. The game is like 300 bucks for the nosebleeds and the skills is like 250 for the same thing. So what I'm going to do is on Thursday, they have, um, it's just called NHL all-star Thursday and it's the draft, like, like the NHL all-star draft. So there will be all the big name players. there going up on stage, getting drafted, including all of the celebrity guests as well like justin bieber michael buble tate mccray and do you guys remember who the fourth one is someone else anyway so those people will be there it'll be pretty cool after that there's a ceremony to honor the 1967 stanley cup winning maple leafs so that will be cool and then to cap off the event and by the way tickets are only like 30 bucks so it's a no-brainer to go to cap off the night is a three-on-three showcase of the PWHL. So right. th- that'll be really cool as well. So I'm excited to do that on Thursday night. Then on the weekend, my family's coming to visit and that's going to be crazy. Two boys under two, as you guys know. So that'll be exciting. Um, but I wanted to say too, speaking of All-Star Weekend, I actually have a like, thrifted t-shirt that is from the 2000 NHL All-Star game, the last time it was in Toronto. I should have worn it for this episode. I thought that was pretty cool. Maybe I'll wear it to the event just to show like, hey, like it's been, you know, fucking 24 years since you guys were last here. Maybe do it here more often in the hockey mecca of the planet. But 
anyways, all of that to be said, looking forward to this weekend. Harp, how are you doing, man? I'm uh, I'm good. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that we're you know pretty much at the end of January here. It's gone by fast, but uh, doing well. Lots of things to look forward to as we uh, continue along here in 2024. And yeah, doing good. Very nice. All right, so um, we're gonna structure this uh, this episode how we intended to to structure it last week. We uh, kind of got away from it, but uh, but hey, that's okay. So we're gonna go back to you know the teams that we were most wrong about in this metropolitan division, teams we were kind of spot on about in our uh, and again, this all goes back to our preseason rankings for this division, and uh, so you know most wrong, spot on, and kind of to be determined kind of wait and see approach with uh with with those teams in that category so let's start with most wrong guys and uh at at the top of that list you know is is uh there are two teams the philadelphia flyers and the new jersey devils so why don't we start with new jersey because we had them at number one our preseason rankings and actually chad before we get going here why don't you fire off our uh our preseason rankings for the metro yeah, so I wanted to jump in. I'll do that. I'll tell you the standings as of today, January 30th, and then I'll go to Casey to talk about his Devils first in one of the teams that we got most wrong. So here's how we ranked this division in the preseason. Boys, this was not some of our best work, and I hate to say it, it wasn't even one of us who was led astray. It was all of us basically agreeing, at least on the top five teams, in that order of the top five like it was it was an episode i listened back to it and there was so much agreement it was it was frankly ridiculous and i was shocked and appalled but uh this is this is how our rankings went new jersey carolina new york rangers pittsburgh new york islanders washington columbus and then philly in the eighth spot so like you mentioned harper philly and new jersey are two teams who stand out as couple that we were very wrong about. So Case, why don't you start talking about New Jersey? I think we were right in where we projected this team to have be, or to be because they were projected by everyone in this spot. And it's just been a, an unlucky, unfortunate year for the Devils so far. Three things have really plagued this team. Um, the first being goaltending has been atrocious this year. We thought that, you know, Schmid was going to take another step forward. Vanacek could get back to what he was in the regular season last year, and that'd be a 1A, 1B situation. It would be all fine and dandy. Well, Vanacek has been the second worst goalie in the league for goal save above expected. Schmid was sent down to the AHL. Dawes called up and he played well at first, but then he's kind of also begun to struggle. So the goaltending has not helped this team at all. Uh, the next thing is back-to-backs. This team is 1-8-1 and one on the second game of a back-to-back. I don't know what is wrong with them. It's just they're a young team. You'd think they'd have young legs and be able to handle that, but it's really hurt them. And then the last thing is the biggest thing, and that's injuries. Mm-hmm. Injuries, man. Hughes, Heischer, yep. Meyer, Palat, Siegenthaler, Nosek, Miller, and Smith have all missed considerable or significant time. Hamilton is out until March. Mm -hmm. At one point, they had a combined $35.4 million in injuries between six players alone. That's 42.3% of the cap was injured at one time. It's been tough. Like, 
I just when one guy's coming back, two more get hurt. Now they're down two players for other reasons. McLeod and uh, Calfoot are no longer with the team, so that's another one. Uh, Howl has been missing time because of the birth of his child. That's a good news uh, reason to miss games. But mm-hmm. man, injuries have hurt this team. Um, what gives me hope? despite all of these injuries and bad goaltending and kind of shoddy defense, I'll uh, also mention is they're still in the race. They're still there. Mm -hmm. They haven't fallen too far behind. And most of that is because of depth scoring. A lot of guys have stepped up with the injuries, kind of, you know, taking advantage of the extra playing time they're getting and scoring lots of goals. They have eight eight players with uh, double-digit goals. They were the first team in the league to do that this year. Um, You know, guys like Holtz and Mercer have stepped up in a big way. Mercer had a a tough start to the season and then has has really... um, found such a stride right now it's been great uh their eighth unexpected goals percentage in their games um hughes will be back shortly after the break meyer and palat just recently came back siegenthaler and no sicker expected back early february this all-star game could not have come at a better time for new jersey and i still have hope that this is a playoff team because of the depth scoring top guys coming back and you know everything just pointing up yeah, it's funny. Like you mentioned the all-star break. I feel like for some teams, you absolutely need that break to reset and and start the second half of the season on the right foot. And, you know, other teams like Edmonton is the first one to, that comes to mind, obviously, on their crazy winning streak. Like they don't want to take a break at all. So it's interesting, like which teams want the break and which ones don't. But yeah, the Devils, man, tough start to the year. I mean, I can't say start anymore because we are past the midpoint, but just with injuries, goaltending, everything, it's tough to see. But at the end of the day, like this team isn't getting any worse over the next few years. It's not like their window is closing or anything. And it's not like they're even out of the race at all. Like as I look at it right now, they're five points back of Philly with three games in hand and Philly holds the third spot in this division. So, um, you know, if I'm a betting man and I am, uh, I would bet that the New Jersey Devils make the playoffs and Philly probably doesn't, honestly. And obviously we'll talk about that. But when it comes to the goaltending, that was something we were pretty certain about. We thought it was going to be pretty good because Vanacek was good last year. Schmid was good last year. And I wonder if not being able to win on back-to-backs has to do with just not getting goaltending. I feel like on back-to-backs, when your team is tired, sometimes your goalie has to bail you out. And, you know, they haven't had two guys who they've been able to rely on on a nightly basis. So I feel like that is contributing to it. And then aside from the injuries, really, there's only a few players on this team that, you know, you're really wanting more from. You mentioned Mercer had a really tough start to the season. He's been good as of late. So that's that's been a good sign. Holtz, a guy who you expected to be a mainstay, well, He's only played, what, like 20-some games, and he's been great in those games. So that's incredible to see. And then a guy like Timo Meyer and Andre Pilat, like those two players, you know, I know Meyer has had some injuries and is adjusting to a new team. I guess Pilat is too, but those are two guys you probably want more from. But other than that, even though we were clearly wrong in the standings for New Jersey at the midpoint of the season, I could still see them finishing top three by the end of the year when when it's all said and done because Jack Hughes back fully healthy like the dude 
on a full season's pace is, is, you know, he's a 120 point player. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 130 point player. So, so there you go. Yeah. I've, and I've got to say that Jesper Brad, like as a replacement for the all-star game, he has just replaced Jack Hughes in this time that he's been gone because Brad's been absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, there's times that I just don't think he has, I don't know how to say it. Like, his stamina he has such an engine that he doesn't Mm -hmm. ever seem tired and he's going full tilt at all times and he's so fast and so shifty uh it's going to be fun to watch him i think that whoever drafts him is going to get a good player in three on three hockey (laughs) oh yeah and i wanted to say something else too like you mentioned that the defense has been a little shoddy i just looking at some of the numbers um they're they're in 15th in the league in terms of expected goals against so they're right basically in the middle of the pack but we know from last year this team was i think top five in both expected goals for and against um so they were good offensively and defensively you're missing your top pair like that's hurting uh graves you're definitely missing him that's who i wanted to bring up graves and severson how did you not missing severson for defense at all i mean look what he's doing in columbus Um, true it, but another veteran who can control the play, I yes. think. Yes, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is you have Nemitz at 19 years old playing mm-hmm. on the top pair. Well, he was until Siegenthaler got hurt. And then, you know, Luke is playing a lot of time. He's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But then at times you've had Miller hurt. At times you've had Smith hurt. Um, you know, Kevin Ball was out briefly. Like, it, it's just, <laughs> you can't keep consistency when everyone is constantly in and out of the lineup on the back end it's you can tell that they don't know where their d partner is at all times they've they're missing assignments because they're trying to cover for a a phantom player and you know there's there's some guys that just haven't been themselves john marino struggled at the beginning of this year i thought he was their best defenseman last year siegenthaler um was a turnover machine in the first two months of the year but I mean, he started to get better before his injury. So I, the back end's definitely not helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, I, I especially when that back end is is banged up, it's just it looks really thin back there. And uh, certainly, um, you know, it, really, it just comes down to injuries and not getting saves. You can you can sum up this season so far for the New Jersey Devils as we've talked about i thought that schmied was maybe going to get a long-term extension you know before the the start of the season i know that that was being um reported around a little bit and uh, unfortunately he's struggled this year but he's still a young kid and goaltending is is voodoo as we know uh from one year to the next so could certainly see tom fitzgerald who was just uh given an extension and promoted to president of hockey ops uh, along with his gm title as you know, Case, I could certainly see him, you know, going out and getting a goaltender at the deadline. Um, you know, they've been tied to Markstrom, Gibson, Jake Allen, I think they looked at earlier in the season. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I would still bet that this team will will be a playoff team uh, when, when push comes <coughs> to shove. And uh, I think that uh, with all things considered, missing your top defenseman and your top forward and with the goaltending struggles and other injuries, they've done pretty good to, you know, kind of weather the storm a little bit here. Um, Case, the, the one question I have for you, man, is uh, is about Jack Hughes. And, you know, it just it seems like for, for a young player, 
He's been banged up a lot so far in his career. Does that concern you at all? It doesn't really concern me because the injuries aren't like uh, uh, Connor Bernard's or, um, you know, he's not getting laid out or um, hurt from from big hits. It's like kind of fluky, weird stuff where like he falls on his wrist weird or like, he, he you know, it, it, bends his knee weird it's just it's a lot of weird injuries and it's nothing like concussions or um you know like a achilles or anything that's going to just keep coming back a shoulder injury so yeah i'm not overly worried about it at the moment it's been kind of freakish stuff but if it keeps happening i'm i'm gonna start to freak out <laughs> yeah what? fair enough and uh, and <clears throat> again nemich has been great like it's been really good to see him take the jump and that certainly isn't a surprise. Chad, you want to jump in there again? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. On Nemec, um, people around the league are noticing that he's playing and getting an opportunity like, uh, what's his name? Juracek in Columbus specifically called out Nemec, you know, saying guys in my draft are playing and I'm not. So I thought that was interesting. Nemec is just a guy existing and he gets like called out by Juracek in a friendly way, obviously, but it wasn't meant to mean anything. Yeah, I, I heard that, but I'm like, Nemitz is also the second overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> I know. But year check was what, fifth that year? So, you know, like I get, they're in like the same tier, I think, or like at least pretty close. But anyway, that wasn't even what I was going to say. Um, fuck, where was I going with this? I, I That year check comment just got me off track. But, oh, actually, yeah. So Harper mentioned that uh the trade deadline maybe going out and getting a goalie case what do you think they should do at the deadline do you think a goalie is in the plans a defenseman to replace dougie hamilton and maybe hamilton comes back at in the playoffs or what i don't think you're replacing a defenseman i think that when the other small injuries come back you you've still got a pretty good decor here nemitz is actually filling that hole pretty well and then on top of that you still have uh, you know, Marino and, and Miller down the right side, as well as Brendan Smith, who can play both sides. Uh, Santeri Hataka has actually been a great call up so far. He skates really well. He's, 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 um, he's really good in his own end. And there's a lot of depth there. So I'm not really worried about getting a defenseman, especially when you're going to pay an arm and a leg at the deadline. But goaltending is 100%. I think that they're going to go out and get a goalie and, um, you know, it's it's an interesting development that they're closely linked with Adam Henrique now because mm-hmm. while well, John Gibson is there. So maybe that's a big time trade coming down the pipe. Yep. I don't I don't think it makes sense to get a six million dollar man or whatever Gibson makes, but how many years does he have? I'm not sure. I, I would have to look it up. But is him it and Markstrom like it's after this one? I don't know. It, we've seen like this year, like the, the reason why we were so wrong about this team and others in this division is because goaltending is just like so tough to predict. And these guys well, who make is, so much yeah. money, like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Gibson Gibson's at six, four, I believe. And Mark Sherm is at six. And I believe it's another three seasons for Gibson after this one. Is that right? That's right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who, what the right answer is. The team, New Jersey, is not really in much of a of cap trouble for another two years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I could see them taking that on and, and, and making it work or, uh, 
you know, working mm-hmm. some things around in the future here. Yeah. There's something to be said also about just having peace of mind going into the playoffs, having a goalie, you know, like can shoulder the load, you mm-hmm. know? So now they can it. fudge around the LTIR <laughs> because Dougie's on there now and we'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah, true. <laughs> By the way, okay, quickly before we move on from New Jersey, Case, did you see that uh, Utica Comets player, uh, Gambarella or whoever it is that scored a goal off his face? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, Graham Clark just friggin' ripped it off, off his face. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. G- Gambardella, Joseph Gambardella, is that who yeah. it is? Okay, yeah. yeah. I think he, he used to be in the Edmonton system. Anyway, I thought that was awesome. But man, it looked like it hurt. We interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, Sign Up Expert. If you're a sports better, whether a brand new one, casual, or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their winnings. Thankfully, There has never been a better time to get signed up, and we are here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boysinthebooth, you can get access to all the top sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and their benefits. Most importantly, all of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through our link, again, signupexpert.com slash booth, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, once again, it's simple. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds out there, which is key to being successful and taking home those winnings, baby. So if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand all at the same time, it's a win-win, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook through our link in the description down below. Signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. One more time, that's signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. Hey guys, Harp here from the pod. We all want two things as sports fans when it comes to buying tickets. To not be ripped off by scalpers and to have an easy way to do it. That's where SeatGeek comes in. This pod is sponsored by the absolute best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. It does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value so you know whether you're getting a good deal or not. If the tickets are green, you'd better act quick and secure those things, but if the tickets are red, maybe wait a little bit before pulling the trigger and monitor the price in the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek just makes it way too easy. Anyways, here's the best part. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Click the link in the description to download the app today. And remember to get your discounted tickets to your favorite sporting events using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. 
Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Um, all right, we'll move on to uh, the Flyers. And of course, uh, we were so wrong about this team. But look, like I think it was justified to think that they were going to be at the bottom of this division. Danny Briere takes over and says it's a rebuild and, you know, not expected to be very good. But um, man, who saw this coming? What a season it's been for the Flyers. Uh, They have slipped lately. They have lost five in a row. And maybe we see that continue and could certainly see a scenario where they don't end up as a playoff team. But right now they're in third. And they're four points up on the Islanders for third with uh, 56 points. So, uh, guys, what do we have to say about the Islanders? Because uh, I think everyone... Uh, pretty much uh, in the hockey circles was wrong about this team coming in. Bold take. I don't know. I don't think we were that wrong. I think that this team is still going to be bottom three in this division. Um, You know, we're going to be wrong because we had them dead last (laughs) and by a long shot and weren't even thinking about it. But I don't know how this team's doing it. They're fifth last in expected goals percentage. They're 26 in goals per game, 11th in goals against per game. Um, 30th in for the power play, second best penalty kill in the league. That's pretty good. Mm. Almost exactly average goaltending they've been receiving, and now their starter is gone. So I don't know how this team has been successful so, so far, and I don't think they're going to continue to be successful. They've lost five in a row, like Harper mentioned. I think it's going to just continue to slide for this team as you know a Pittsburgh Penguins, who should be better than they are, continue to um, get better. The New Jersey Devils come back into the mix more. Um, you know the Islanders might still slip, but they're better than the Philadelphia Flyers. This team doesn't have anyone scoring outrageous goals or, or, or outrageous amount. I mean. Uh, they're getting a bit a bit of depth scoring here and there. Tippett and Konechny have been very fun to watch, but I just don't. I think that these are they're absolute pretenders, and uh, I don't think we were that far off on them. Well, we said a few things in our preseason predictions. One is that we very much did say that they were a layup for eighth place, and they still could be. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if if. Columbus, like they might go on a tear no, I, because <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think they're coming eighth, but I could see them third last in this division. I and I also could too because this division is really tight. And when you look at the lineups of these teams up and down, like Philly kind of stands out as a team who, like you said, case they're kind of pretenders. But we did say that this could be a team who maybe scores a little more than we thought they were going to because they had players like Sean Couturier. And uh, Cam Atkinson healthy. And we've seen this year, like they don't have a single player over a point per game, but they're getting contributions in their top six from all of those guys. So, you know, they are scoring some goals. We also did say that, you know, no matter what, no matter the personnel on this team, and Harp, I believe you said this, John Tortorella is going to get the most out of this group. And he really has, honestly. And you just wonder how long that message can last because like case alluded to, you know, even though they're not scoring much and they're not generating a ton of chances either, they're actually defending pretty well. Like, like I noticed their, their top 10 and expected goals against, they're not giving up a ton and their penalty kill is really good too. Um, and as long as they have average goaltending, that might be okay. So 
I don't I, think I, mean, I I don't think they're going to finish in a playoff spot. I'll say that. I think they very much are pretenders. I'm with you there, Case. But we have to say we were very wrong about this team because we yeah. picked them to finish in the eighth spot. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is, at the end of the year, I don't think we're going to be that far off. Right now, we <coughs> we dropped yes, the ball completely. For sure. But, yes. Uh, no, I I agree. That was to be case. expected. But I don't. The lack, complete lack of goal scoring. Like, sure, they're playing good defense, but I don't expect the the average goaltending to continue. Is Sam Harrison going to shoulder starting a starting role, and then Kyle Peterson's your backup? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to work out. Been and ha- and how long? Before, but. And how long can Torts's message really? stay present with these guys like i feel like you can only really crack down and get the most out of a team and squeeze for a little bit i think a five games slide like this is going to be drilling a hole in this team's head like okay yeah maybe we just got lucky you know Mm -hmm. and the reason we picked them to finish eighth too like before philly fans come for us saying that you know we're ragging on the team calling the pretenders they're not supposed to be good you know, like they, like yeah. they drafted Matt Vemichkov. They drafted Cutter Goche, and you know they trade traded him because he wanted to be traded. But trades worked out so far. Jamie trade's been pretty good. But it's the, sure. the point is they're supposed to be a bottom third of the league team so that they can get better properly over yeah. time. So mm-hmm. I, it's not like we're trashing the team. They're not supposed to be this good. In in fact, we don't think they're this good. Yeah, and uh, and again, going back to to Case's point, um, I I don't see this team being a a, a playoff team at, at the end of the day. Uh, could they certainly stay around it, stay in the hunt after the deadline? Sure, uh, you know, um, but I I don't I, I don't think they'll be a playoff team at, at the end of the day. But uh, but look with with Torts and his message and the way that he wants them to. Play look like when we get to the end of the year or close to it. I mean, these guys are going to be just worn out mm-hmm. because you know you have to scratch and claw for for everything. Like it, it, you have to work so much to score goals. And uh, you know, it's like we've said before about Rod Brindamore and his system with Carolina. Great coach, great team. Who we're going to talk about here in a minute, but. It really takes a, a lot of work for for them to to score. You know, a lot of dump and chase, playing hard in the corners, um, below the goal line. You know, and 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 that sort of thing. But uh, they've been a pleasant surprise. Owen Tippett, in particular, guys. Obviously, he got that eight year extension. Six point two million is the uh, is the AAV, and he's earned it. Like uh, I remember when that deal went down uh, at the deadline. When was it last season or the one before uh, for Claude Giroux to, to Florida? One before. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so two years ago, um, I remember us talking about it and being like, how did Florida get, you know, how did they gain assets plus Giroux? Like it didn't look like uh, Philly got a lot and Tippett certainly coming out of Florida and that trade was not a guarantee and he's fit in very well so that's great for Philly and uh, and also Arison has been terrific but you're just you're wondering how how long he can um, you know continue to 
to shoulder the load here between the pipes for this team. And we're already seeing a, a bit of a drop off here. And, and, uh, and again, you know, regardless of where this team is at and, and we'll see where, where they are at the deadline. We've heard Briere say that, you know, the plan is to continue this rebuild, sell off some pieces here, like a Sean Walker, for example, who's had a, who's had a good season on the blue line for them. And, uh, you know, we'll see about a guy like Nick Sealer as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this team down the stretch. They've certainly slipped here. Um, we predicted this uh, a lot earlier in the year uh, than, uh, than it's happened. And uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. But yeah, we were wrong as of right now on the Flyers big time. Yeah. How about Claude Giroux playing for a lottery team and it's not the Flyers? Think about that. It's just kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let's get to our uh, spot on section, I guess we could call it. So teams that uh, we were pretty bang on about. There are uh, three teams in this category, the Hurricanes, the Islanders, and the Penguins. So we'll start with Carolina, guys. 61 points on the season. They've won three in a row, seven, two, and one in their last 10. Kind of had a bit of a rocky start, but they certainly look like contenders again. I remember, uh, you know, a while back they had a really rough Western Canadian road trip. And at that time, we were wondering, like, is Carolina going to fall off and potentially not be a playoff team? But that just is not going to happen. They look like a contender again for sure. What do we have to say about the Hurricanes, who we were pretty spot on about and, and no surprise there? Yeah, they definitely worried us early on this year, but they're in full stride now. And it's interesting that they're not really doing it in the way that we're used to. Usually it's, you know, their top three in goals against average. And then, you know, somewhere in the middle of the pack for goal scoring. Well, it's kind of a more balanced approach this year. They're scoring more goals that they haven't been as locked down defensively as they they have been in the past and i mean goaltending certainly not helping them out in that aspect but it's it's more of a balanced approach and um it's working out for them so far sebastian aho has been an absolute dog yeah yeah he's been getting fantasy and uh yeah definitely not a not enough credit for that guy what's really spurring this team ahead is their special teams and it's great <laughs> second in pk fourth in power play and uh that's you know it, it cuts out the the need for good defense and good goaltending when you're on the the power play <laughs> or when you're doing well mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i don't have much to say about carolina because we were spot on this is kind of how we expected them to perform and how we expect them to sort of finish in this division top three you know they'll they'll play someone in the playoffs and maybe have home ice advantage like that would be the goal for this team but you know the the goal really is to just get in and make a run and win some games in a conference final really like that's you know they haven't done that in a long time so uh this team is is where we expected them to be i would like to push back a little bit casey on you saying they're doing it slightly differently because I feel like the team is still defending really, really well. And the numbers back that up. They, they've allowed the second most or the second fewest expected goals against. It's just they haven't had any goaltending this year. They've had like six guys play for them and none have been good at all. <laughs> like Anti Ranta has been 
the worst of the bunch. Freddie Anderson has been injured or or is dealing with something. I don't know exactly the specifics of his situation, but we know that both him and Ranta have been injury prone in the past. But like Pyotr Kachetkov has played 23 games and he's minus and goal saved above expected. Spencer Martin, he's played 14 games, also a minus. All I got to say about their goaltending situation is, man, like I bet they're pretty happy they kept three guys instead of committing to one or two of them and and kind of rolling the dice on a backup yeah. like a lot of teams have done. And we, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I wanted to bring it up again. This is the new NHL. More teams are going to be carrying three goaltenders. My Maple Leafs will be doing it at least until they have to send someone down to clear cap space. But in the new NHL, man, a third goalie who is either one, waiver flexible, or two, willing to be a third and, and carried with the team full time. Those guys are extremely, extremely valuable to have. And Carolina is kind of showing us not that any of them have been particularly good, but it's just, you know, having different options is always key. And uh, Carolina, I feel like started that years ago. Yeah, they sure did. And and also like it avoids the uh, the whole e-bug situation, right? Yeah. Like carrying a third goaltender and Frank Saravalli, I know is is a guy out there who uh, gets pretty heated about the whole e-bug situation, you know, pulling a guy off the street essentially and and coming in to uh, you know, to to uh, play a little bit in a game and we've seen some great stories and great moments, but at the end of the day, like this is pro sports and, you know, you have to be able to have a third goaltender there in case of emergency. And uh, so that's, that's a reason for it as well. But, um, but yeah, you need depth at that position. Goalies voodoo, as we've talked about, it's important to, to uh, you know, carry three and we're going to see more teams doing that for sure. And I do like the Spencer Martin waiver claim. He was pretty good mm-hmm. in Columbus um, and, and going back to last year in Vancouver, but all in all talking about Carolina, I mean, they're a well-coached team. Um, Sebastian Ajo, again, it, it, that is a guy who does not get enough credit. I was looking at the Hurricanes uh, stat leaders before we came on here, and uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. So doesn't get enough credit for sure. That blue line is deep. You know, a guy like Brady Shea, I think, has really stood out this year. He's played great. Um, Dmitry Orlov gets a, an overtime winner the, the other night, a big cap hit for him, but that's a short-term deal. And then some of their younger players, like really taking steps forward. Seth Jarvis is second in scoring on this team. So I think they've got a lot of depth. They'll look to add, um, you know, uh, on the margins at the deadline and uh, they're a contender for sure. We'll just have to see if they can get over that hurdle, which is the Eastern Conference Finals. It just seems to bite this team every single time they get there. I I don't feel bad for them one bit <laughs> if I'm being if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, that's okay. wasn't wasn't looking for for sympathy from uh, from you there, Chad. We interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, Sign Up Expert. If you're a sports better, whether brand new, casual, or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their profits. Thankfully, there's never been a better time to get signed up, and we're here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. 
When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth, you can get access to all the top sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. Most importantly, all of these sportsbooks have valuable signup offers for new users, and when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping right away with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, it's simple. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful and profitable sports betting. So if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand at the same time, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook through the link in the description down below, signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. If you're planning on signing up for a new sportsbook anyways, you might as well use the link and support the boys. So one more time, that's signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. This podcast is also sponsored by the absolute best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. SeatGeek does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value, so you know if you're getting a good or a bad deal. If the tickets are green, for example, you better act quick and secure those things because that's a good deal, but if the tickets are red, maybe wait a bit before pulling the trigger and monitor the price in the app. SeatGeek just makes it way too easy. Anyway, here's the best part though. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code Boys in the Booth in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code Boys in the Booth in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll get to the other two teams here in the, this uh, you know spot on category, and and uh, the next is the New York Islanders. We know that they recently made a coaching change. The one and only Patrick Waugh is back behind an NHL bench, and uh, they've uh, they've got a record of one two and one since Waugh took over. So you know it's uh, it's kind of the same with the Islanders um, two six and two. In their last 10, 52 points, they're one point up on the Devils, uh, the Caps, and the Penguins for that fourth spot. So uh, what uh, what do we have to say about the Islanders? Yeah, moving on to the next confusing team is <laughs> the New York Islanders, who are 24th in both goals for per game and goals against. So... Um, they're not scoring a lot and they're getting scored on plenty. They have a minus 23 goal differential and the second worst penalty kill in the league. Yet they're in the playoff race. It's another conundrum here for us. At the beginning of the year, they frightened me. I was looking at this team and being like, when did they get so fast? It's the New York Islanders. Where's their box? Why are they not trapping anymore? I was starting to get a little confused, but they've certainly come back down to earth. Like in, November, they lost seven in a row. Uh, right now, um, two wins in their last 11 is not good. Um, it's it's a strange team. Uh, the, the top end scoring is certainly there. Mm-hmm. It's the depth that is not. Like a, a guy like yeah. Dobson, like that's a gem found yeah. in this team. Absolutely. Um, Barzell, uh, 
it's nice to see that the system isn't holding him back no longer. Like he is scoring at will and, and has been phenomenal. And uh, Horvat has been good too, but the depth scoring on this team is non-existent and that's certainly hurting them. Um, it's another team that, you know, is sliding pretty heavily right now. And, and I don't see them in the playoffs either. Yeah. The like, just like you said, Casey hit the nail on the head after like, Brock Nelson, like their top like five guys, basically after yeah. that, the production falls off a cliff. Like it's not even close. They have nobody who generates anything in their bottom six. It's, it's frankly, it, it's pretty crazy. But when you look at this team on paper, like kind of makes sense. Like you just see, and like that's kind of spot on. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's kind of like, it's two lines who I guess can score, but like, they're not lighting any houses on fire. And then you've got a bottom two lines who just like they're black holes. Like they, they just don't do anything. They prevent chances, I guess. But like this year hasn't, that hasn't even really been the case. Mm. So yeah, they, they've done a f- one thing characteristically, I think that, you know, they've always done this year and, and they haven't generated a ton of scoring chances, even though, you know, they, there's a few guys who are, um, on, on the whole, they haven't been generating a ton, but then they've been doing some things that are sort of uncharacteristic and, and there's two of them. The first one is they're giving up a ton of chances against, and this is a team who usually locks it down, plays the trap through the middle, doesn't let you enter the zone or get good chances. So that's one thing that they've you know been sort of slacking on and, and it, it's something that's not characteristic of this team. And the second thing is they haven't been getting goaltending, which is also not characteristic. Like Ilya Sorokin, you know, say what you will about Igor Shosturkin. We're going to talk about him later. He's the other Russian goaltender in this division who was thought of as a world beater who also isn't having a great season. But man, like without Ilya Sorokin standing on his head, what is this team? Like, do they even like, do they sniff a playoff spot? I mean, I know that they're very much in the race right now. They're in, they're sitting in fourth place, but I just don't believe in this team at all. I believe in them a little bit more than the Flyers, but I just don't know exactly what changing a coach is going to do. Like it's clearly a personnel problem in the bottom six. They have no guys who can score, and for whatever reason, they can't defend either. So I don't know what's going on in New York. Well, yeah, it's and, always and, the case. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just no. quickly on Sorokin. Yep. Like, it's always the case that you have to budget a couple wins, but mm-hmm. it's just not coming. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Art. No, no, that's okay. Um, it, you <clears> know, <throat> and again, like you guys said it right there. If Sorokin isn't uh, a world beater, it really exposes a lot of problems on this team, and it just uh, it it's so weird to sit here and say that they're having problems defending. And they're, they're giving up too many goals. Like, it's so weird when talking about the Islanders. Noah Dobson, again, um, he will get some love for the Norris Trophy this season. He has been that good. He's a big body. You notice him every single night. He's, he's been their best player so far th- this season. Um, he leads the team in points. Yeah. He's oh, a defenseman. It, it, Exactly. Exactly. And the problem is with this team, like, you know, I, I like the coaching change. I, you know, I wasn't sure about Patrick Watt at first, but I, you know, I, I do like that again, it's, it's different. And, uh, but, but again, like who, who the heck saw that coming because we never hear anything out of uh, long Island because it's Lou Lamorello. But the problem is like, Chad, you mentioned the lack of production in the bottom six and, and, 
all the issues going on with this team, there's not much that they can do because <laughs> what does Lou Lamorello do? He bets on guys and he bets on term. With, yeah, with good guys thing you've likes. got Pierre Engvall locked up for $3 million for the next eight years. Like, well, what is that it, doing for your team? Well, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you've got, you've got guys like Fashing and Gauthier and some others who, you know, they're, they're decent hockey players, but they're not going to be big contributors in, in your, in your bottom six. And so again, it's, it just, uh, it's it's a weird team because they, you know, they're not going to be at the top of this division. You know, they're not considered a, a contender, maybe not even a playoff team. But yet this is their group for the long haul. And so I don't know what you do if you're Lou Lamorello. They need a score. Like, I, I think they, they need another score. Maybe add some depth on the back end as well. But again, what? What can you do? You know, they're they're right up against it. They've got all these guys locked up. Like this is their group that they've bet on. So I don't know. Um, you guys know this, not really high on the Islanders, but uh, but again, they're the New York Islanders. Like they're one of the most unpredictable teams and seem to find a way to to hang around it or get in. And uh, so we'll see what happens with this group. But yeah, we were pretty spot on about this team. All right, and uh, fellas, we'll uh, move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins now. And uh, I don't have a lot to say about the Penguins other than the fact that Sidney Crosby is absolutely carrying this team. Like, they will go as far as he can take them. I know that a lot of the talk for the heart is around guys like McKinnon and Kucherov, McDavid certainly, but Crosby is going to get some love as well. Like, he has been unbelievable at his age. Father time is undefeated, as we know, as we've seen with another future Hall of Famer in this division who we'll get to, but clearly it is not getting to 87. And uh, it's it's been it's been amazing to watch. But Pittsburgh hanging around it, fifth in this division, uh, 51 points, uh, tied with New Jersey and Washington, as we mentioned, and a point behind the Islanders for fourth, four, three, and three in their last 10. What do we have to say about the Pens? This team, you know, I think it's well known that they've been unlucky this year. And so I'm not going to sit here and uh, harp on that very much. Uh, What? Harp? What? Um, (laughs) But like they've played pretty well defensively. They've gotten excellent goaltending up and down uh, from, from the tandem here. And the puck is just not going in the net. It's it's unfortunate their shooting percentage has been just atrocious all year fifth last in the league and the expected goals are there but it's just not coming they're getting the soaring from the top end like we always expect from this team but it continues to be depth that lacks and just luck honestly that's where i'm at with this team i still you know still think that they could be the four spot in this division and and in a playoff spot potentially here but um I think we were pretty close with this team. I think we were pretty close too. And like you said, Case, we expect this team to get better as the season goes on because like you mentioned, they've been unlucky. And the stat that tells me that is they have the second fewest goals for above expected of a minus 30. They should have 30 more goals on the season. But here's my question. Here's what I started to think about. Is, Is it luck? 
I'm glad you, you're going here. You're I'm glad you, you can are. say it's unlucky when your PDO is bad and when your goals against is way below or goals for above expected is way below. But last year they finished last in the league at minus 36 and they're minus 30 at this point in the season. So yes. is it luck or is there just a serious lack of finishing talent on this team? Okay. I'm glad you brought it there. Cause that's exactly what I was going to say. Last year they finished second last and and you know, a ton of, and Terrible. I guess it, it probably <laughs> depends what your what model you're using, anyways. But this is a team last year who we continuously said like they're unlucky, they're going to get better, they're going to get better, and then they miss the playoffs. And that's when Harper said in uh, you know our, our preseason episode, he said there's going to be a pissed off Sidney Crosby this year because they missed, and he's going to go on a tear. And we have seen that he was great last year. He's just as good this year. The top end guys, there's never been an issue with them. And that includes like like guys like Latang and, and Eric Carlson too. Like they have both been really good. Uh on top of, you know, Malkin has been pretty good and Rust has been good when he's in the lineup. Gensel has been incredible. But it is the depth scoring. The reason I think that this year it could come down to luck more than it did last year is because I think they're better built this year. I feel like they have guys who can who have traditionally put the puck in the net. Like looking back at last year's team, who else did you really have? Like, you know, they added Riley Smith this year. I'm not, I, I know he's not a guy who is, you know, expected to go out and be a point per game, but that's added depth scoring. Ricard Raquel, I don't really know exactly what he is anymore, but that's another guy who, you know, all he's done his entire career is score, like 50 to 60 points. And, you know, we, we're just not really seeing that much from him this year. So, it's one of those things. I think this team has been unlucky. All of the underlying numbers for this team are really good, except for the goals for. So something has to give. They're even getting really good goaltending this year. I just feel like I'm going crazy because I've been saying the same things about this team for the last two full seasons. So we'll see. But it, like, if I trust the numbers, and I usually do, or at least some contextualized version of these numbers, then I, I think that they will be a playoff team when it's all said and done, or at least a bubble playoff team or in the race, which they very much still are. They've only played 46 games and that's the lowest of all of the teams basically surrounding them. Like they have some ground to make up, but if I'm looking at the numbers, looking at the personnel and everything going into this team, I think they're going to figure it out and be about fourth best, which is where we predicted them, which is why we have them in the spot on category. I know that was long-winded, but sorry, Harp, you can you can jump in. No, no, that was great uh, from the both of you. And um, look, I I do see Pittsburgh figuring it out and being a playoff team because of 87. I, I said it before the season started. Uh, he was pissed off at the end of last year. A loss to the Chicago Blackhawks, guys, <laughs> prevented this team from being in the playoffs. Who would have thought? So, you know, you, you take all of that into account and the season that Sid is having, I mean, he will take them as far as he can go. The other thing that we haven't really mentioned with all the stars and all of the future Hall of Famers on this team, that power play has been absolutely atrocious this year. I don't understand it. Like with everybody. And yes, bringing in a, a player of Eric Carlson's caliber is great, but I think that it kind of threw things off. Like you've had the same power play quarterback for 
you know, the last 10 years in, in Chris Letang. And then you add a guy like Eric Carlson who can do the same thing, you know, um, just as well, if not better. And uh, I just think, you know, there are other factors, certainly, but I just can't get over how terrible this power play has been. Um, there have been some pleasant surprises. Alex Nedeljkovic is one of them. You know, I think we kind of looked at that signing from Kyle Dubas as kind of a nothing signing. Like Nedeljkovic had a tough couple of years. And, you know, again, going back to Carolina, clearly they they made the, the right choice moving on from him. But he's had a bit of an, a resurgence with Pittsburgh. So him and Jari have been pretty good. Again, Jari, that extension was a bit of a gamble. And we'll see how well that ages uh, in Pittsburgh. But again, I go back to another point I think I made coming into the season. And I, you know, the, the bottom six was a problem for this team last year. And I don't think it got much better. Like, I'm sorry, like there are some good players in this bottom six, but they're just not the same. They're not the guys that they used to be. Lars Eller is not what he used to be. And I mean, you know, congrats to, to him on reaching a thousand games, but he's just not the player that he was in Washington anymore. Nola Chari, again, good player, but I think two million bucks is is a little bit rich for him. And, you know, again, other than a guy who can crash and bang a little bit, don't know how much offense is, is left in the tank from a guy like that anymore. You know, Harkins, Colin White, O'Connor, these guys, like, again, not really expecting that much from them. And we'll see what happens with Jake Gensel as well. They're going to have to see where they are at the deadline and make a decision there. Maybe you decide to move on from a guy like Gensel. And maybe get a couple of players that can come in and who are a little bit younger and play right away, you know, i.e. maybe a deal with the Vancouver Canucks and you bring in a couple of young guys in a trade that that can help you out right away and just give you a little bit more depth. But at the end of the day, I think that this team will, will be a playoff team because of one reason and one reason only, and that's 87. It's rare that those hockey trades work out, but like obviously we're seeing the the Jets LA trade that was basically that it was PLD for yeah you know bodies who are good now and it's exactly been, it's been working out for them so that well, like and, I can see it because yeah. you're not selling for picks no that's, no exactly know, so. and sure like could you could you get a pick like you could get a second rounder maybe in it, you know in a in a for dental deal but. You could get but, way like, more. No way, I know, but like, you know, you you get a obviously more than that, but you get <laughs> a pick or two in there and a couple of younger players who can who can help you out uh right now because obviously you're yeah, you're not selling Gensel away for for picks and prospects. And and that'll be interesting to see what they do with him cuz he does need a new contract after this season and I think, you know, once everybody slows down or decides to hang him up we know where this is going in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. he deserves respect man he is quietly one of the best producers around like he He i don't he gets zero credit because obviously crosby and malkin but he's been very very good for a long time now so he's gonna get paid whether it's in pittsburgh or somewhere else the last thing i'll say on pittsburgh is if this team starts to heat up and starts climbing up the ranks in this this playoff race that they're in, the price for 
Chris Letang in fantasy goes up from a third to a second. So by now, by by now, everybody listening. Not even worth a thing again. That's my pitch anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll move on to kind of our to be determined category here. Three teams to finish it off. We've got the New York Rangers who sit at the top of this division, uh, the Capitals who are in seventh and the Columbus Blue Jackets in eighth. So let's get to the Rangers guys at the top of the board here. 63 points. They've, uh, you know, kind of had a bit of a, of a drop off in play the last 10 games. They're only four, five and one, but uh, the Rangers are at the top of this division. What a start to the season it was for them. Panarin has been unbelievable. Once again, uh, let's talk about the Rangers. Yeah. The interesting thing about the Rangers and I don't, you know, we have these as we'll see because we're slightly off on them at the beginning of the year but really we said there's three teams that we expected to be really good in this division and and any of them could win it and the rangers being one of them um what's interesting about this team is that they haven't been that good five on five they've Mm -hmm. been quite average actually they they they're expected to get about half the goals or getting slightly less than that at five on five and their power play has been excellent. Their PK has been good. So those are canceling like canceling out. What's been interesting about this team is how they're capitalizing on the the odd men on the ice in overtime or four on four. It's they're a plus thirteen goal differential in other on uh, money puck. If you if you search for that, I was trying to find like why is this team so good? They're scoring at some strange times, and it's really working out for them. Um, we already touched on how Shesterkin has has been not very good this year, but Jonathan Quick is you know picking up the slack there, that's for sure. And uh, Panarin, man, I got to shout out Panarin. He is having an MVP caliber season. He's just being out MVP'd by <laughs> Cooch and Mac and Crosby. But God, he, Panarin's been excellent this year. Maybe it's because he was non-existent in the playoffs and he feels like he owes his team. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but you know the top end scoring and the power play—that's what's getting it done in in New York. Yeah, I mean, no shock. The power play is good. They, they've had a lethal power play for years yeah. now. Like the one year when Chris Kreider scored fifty goals, more than half of them were on the power play. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's been good for a while. So there's no shock there. But like you're kind of alluding to, case when you look at the rest of the numbers on this team, like possession and, and scoring chances for and against like they're kind of just mid which is so shocking which makes it so shocking that Shesterkin has been below average too because you'd think that you know like they're not giving up a ton of chances they're still in the middle of the pack but Shesterkin's been pretty leaky and you know quick has clearly been able to thrive in this system like there's something going on there i'm not really sure what it is but yeah all, all the numbers just point to this team being mid well everything being mid and then the goal score or the uh goaltending being kind of poor you'd you'd expect this team to to be in a a third spot yeah like we had them but here they are first place because they score goals yeah and like you know they're probably gonna buy at the deadline i i think they're a playoff lock like they're you know like maybe yeah. they're not as good as yeah Maybe we don't think they're as good as they are right now in the standings, but they're still a pretty damn good team. So they're going to buy. They're going to get better, you know, at even strength and 
you know, maybe they are just hoping that Shesterkin gets better because you're not adding a goalie, obviously. And it's not like he's been unplayable. He just hasn't been himself. And the standard yeah. for him is higher than most other goalies in the league. So He's been league average. Exactly. You just expect him to be the best in the, the league. <laughs> exactly. And that's the same, like going back to Sorokin too. He's another guy who's just been league average and we expect him to be much better. So I don't know. It's an interesting team to look at. A lot of mid going on right here. Um, the Panarin talk for Hart, you know, like that would be fun, but you're right. He's getting out hearted by the other candidates. Can we add Matthews to that conversation too, please? The guy might score 70 goals this year. I, I feel like he deserves it. He might only get 10 assists on the entire season, but he might score 70 goals. So I, I feel like he's warranted to be in the conversation. But Fine. Okay. Thank you, Harper, <laughs> arbitrator of Heart Trophy discussion. Yeah, I'll put him on guys. <laughs> once you talk about the Vancouver boys. Yeah, that's true. Right. True. Well, that's because you got money on Patterson. That's why. But <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, it's looking pretty all right. But last thing I want to say about the Rangers is uh, Panarin, going back to him. I feel like this has been said before, but maybe one of the best free agent signings ever. Like one yes. of the guys who has just lived up to an enormous contract. Like you can't say that often. And I feel like I know, you know, Casey mentioned he wasn't good in the playoffs last year, but just a guy who consistently scores and just does it all for this team. So congrats to him for keeping it going. Great. I'll say team. he's one of the best free agent sightings ever after he tears it up in the playoffs this year. Fair. If he doesn't, then yeah, because kind of overall, I think it's safe to say like he hasn't been that great of a playoff performer. Is that fair to say like in his career in general? I would have to look. I'm not. Took I'm down not Tampa exactly Bay sure. Lightning with the eighth place uh, or worse than eighth. Was that the bubble? I don't it, Swept it, the Tampa Bay Lightning when yeah. they were the best team ever. Yes. I, I only remember that because of the handshake with Kucherov. Yeah, but then couldn't even get past the Devils, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, he's he's back. He's been excellent. Adam Fox, great. Keandre Miller, I think, is a really underrated defenseman as well. Truba, you know, tries to go out and and decapitate someone every single night, and uh, it's just crazy to think like. With this team, as good as they are, you know, Shesterkin has not been a world beater, very much like Sorokin, like we said. If it weren't for Jonathan Quick picking up a lot of the slack, like, where would this team be in the standings? Like, that's a a question that I was heard that... That got asked. Yeah, the other probably day. third like, place, like we predicted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Would, wouldn't be that big of a drop off, but like I, you know, the, you, it's it's there's an argument to be made there. They wouldn't be this good, and maybe you know have the uh, have the kind of start that that they did. But uh, I, I think for this team, they just they they need to add more speed to their lineup. I think that you know um, they they've gotten older. They've uh, it, it seemed like five minutes ago that they put a letter out to the fans that you know we're gonna 
rebuild this thing and they it was a retool is what it was they turned it around very quickly made it to the final four a couple of years ago and uh you know we're looking at them like contenders again but um obviously they're they're looking for a third line center and that sucks what happened to philip hedel uh he's had a long history of concussions and is going to be out for the rest of the season so certainly Expect them to add a, a, a third line center or at least try to, whether it's a Henry, a Monaghan, whoever, but I think they need to add some speed in their bottom six. Uh, we saw that they put Benino on waivers, and I just think that uh, part of this four, five, and one stretch, a, a part of the uh, the reason for that, this kind of drop is uh, I think they're just getting outskated by some other teams. So that's something that they're going to have to address a little bit, but. Uh, I like the Rangers. They're a good team, and I think that Shesterkin can certainly get back to being uh, the Shesterkin that we know. So, Yep. We interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, Sign Up Expert. If you're a sports better, whether brand new, casual, or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their profits. Thankfully, there has never been a better time to get signed up, and we are here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth, you can get access to all of the top sports books in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. Most importantly, all of these sports books have valuable sign-up offers for new users. And when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, it's simple. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful and profitable sports betting. So, if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand at the same time, please consider signing up for your next sports book through our link in the description below. Signupexpert.com/boysinthebooth. If you're planning on signing up for a new sports book anyways, you might as well use our link and support the boys. So, one more time, that's signupexpert.com/boysinthebooth. This podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek, the absolute best ticket app out there. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals to tickets at your favorite sporting event. SeatGeek does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value, so you know whether you're getting a good or a bad deal. Last time I got tickets to see the Devils play, I first saw red tickets. I waited it out, monitored the price in-app, and once I saw green, I pulled the trigger. SeatGeek makes it that easy. And here's the best part. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Click the link in our description to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Two more. Let's rapid fire because, of yeah. course, we always say it's going to be short and it never is. No, it <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't. <laughs> but that's OK. Uh, all right. Washington and Columbus. The Caps, 51 points again uh, in that three way tie with Pittsburgh and New Jersey uh, for that uh, that fifth spot, a point behind the Islanders. 
four, five, and one in their last 10 as well. The Capitals are. And uh, yeah, what do we have to say about Washington? I had a couple in the preseason rankings, a couple of hills that I died on, and a couple of moments where I said, I'd like it, the record to show that I'm saying X. Well, this is the only one that I was 100% right about. The others, you know, I might have been a spot or two off or like, you know, a couple aspects of the games, uh, the game I was, I was wrong about with my, um, <clears throat> my stake in the ground. But the Washington Capitals, I had them in seventh place because I said that they took a step back last year in goal scoring. They're getting older and they're going to continue to get older, continue to be hurt often and not score. Well, this team is not scoring goals. They are also hit with injury bugs left, right, and center. And the older guys are continuing to take steps back. Um, you know, they're third last in goals for a Oof. team that was just historically good at scoring That's over the last shocking. 10 years or more. They're third last in expected goals. So it's not like they're being unlucky or, you know, things aren't working out for them. They're just not good at scoring goals now. Um, what, uh, Ovechkin has nine goals is unbelievable. And he's still leading this team with 31 points in 44 games. Mm -hmm. So um, not much else I need to say about this team. You know, it's unfortunate that Pacioretty continues to get hurt. Same as Backstrom. Um, there are guys that, you know, Dylan Strong continues to be a bright spot on this team, but mm -hmm. uh Wilson isn't where we expected him to be after signing a contract and uh, Oshie continues to, to regress and it's just looking more and more like a rebuild coming for the Washington Capitals and uh, their minus 31 goal differential. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised that's all it is. And I feel like the, the goal differential will be a lot worse if not for Charlie Lindgren, who's played pretty well this year and mm -hmm. he was good last sure year has. too. But yeah, man, the craziest thing about this team, in case you hit the nail on the head in, in the preseason talking about this and predicting this, they just can't score, which is shocking because Alex Ovechkin might be the best goal scorer in NHL history. He's chasing down that record still. And this is the first season, I think it's fair to say, over the last like five years where the record feels almost out of reach. If the scoring continues to go like this, you know, he has nine goals and we're 47 games into this season right now. Nine goals. That's it. Like not even on pace for 20 goals. That would be, I mean, it will be his lowest goal total ever. And the record just feels almost impossible. Whereas every year leading up to this one, it felt like all but you know, like, like a foregone conclusion that it was going to happen. So it is a little concerning. Dylan Strom has 19 goals and Ovi has nine. Like that's like, you, you know, like if you told me that at the start of the year, 47 games in, those would be the numbers. I wouldn't believe you. It is just shocking. I will say, even though the team as a whole isn't generating a ton of chances, like you said, Case, I think they're like 30th and expected goals for or something like they're, that's just not their identity anymore. Um, Ovi is shooting below expected. He should have about six more goals according to the numbers. I don't know if maybe like you can factor in some age regression there. Like if it's, if he's just not as accurate anymore or can't shoot the puck as hard, like it seems like quite the drop off and I want to attribute it more to being 
unlucky rather than just forgetting how to score goals um, because he's, he per, like personally is still generating chances. When I said there would be regression in this team and less continued, less goal scoring, I wasn't talking about Ovechkin. So yeah. no, of course not. Of course not. It's yeah. crazy. It's the guy has stood yeah. in the same spot on the power play for 15 plus years now and s- continued to score goals, even though mm-hmm. teams know what he's doing. So I, I don't know. It's shocking that this is the first year it's not happening. Well, it it is shocking. And I mean, we kind of saw this drop off with a guy like Timu Solani all those years ago, right? And and so it does happen. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that he doesn't get the scoring record. I mean, anything could happen. It is Alex Ovechkin at, at the end of the day, but how many does he need right now? Can we can we look this up just so we so yeah. I can make a prediction here? Sure. But uh, while we're looking that up, I mean, look, I, a lot of miles put on that body, and he's been pretty much like healthy for the for the most part of his career. Like he hasn't missed significant time like a Sidney Crosby, where mm-hmm. there was a, a one point in time we were worried about you know, Crosby's career being over with all those concussions and everything. And so I, I just think, uh, you know, again, Elliot Friedman's line, father time is undefeated. It applies to, you know, to certain guys at certain times. Right now, it, it's it's showing with Ovechkin a little bit. He just, he's older um, and, and just hasn't looked as noticeable. And, and again, I, another factor why this team isn't scoring goals is Evgeny Kuznetsov. And that continues to be a problem for this team. He's in and out of the lineup. He's playing on the fourth line. You don't even notice him um, on a lot of nights. And uh, they've got to find a solution there because he has not been the same player, that same driving force that he was that year that they won the Stanley Cup in, in 2018. Anyway, did you find how many goals he is back? Yes, so he needs 63 goals. He signed for two more years after this one at 9.5. So 63 goals. I think that's so doable, man. If he scores 10 more goals or... or, Say he scores scores 10 more goals this year, then... I don't know. I think he's. I think he can continue to put up twenty goal seasons for. That's that would be twenty seven goals a season, twenty six and a half over the next two years. He signed, and if he's short, he'll sign a one year deal. Probably yeah. do it. Yeah, because by the end okay. of it, he will be. Okay. How old will he be at the end of his deal? Forty. Where, Forty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to go as far as to say he doesn't hit it, but this. I'm all I wanted to say is this is the first year that it's felt yeah. like it might be in question yeah 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 last year we were like oh it's happening now we're like oh (laughs) doing math (laughs) yeah exactly well given that information i'll change my stance a little bit and you know and say that it's not totally gonna happen that you know it, it could there's still a possibility there because i could still see him hitting 20 goals this season and maybe going on at like a three or four game rip or something I'm surprised that this isn't like at the top of every hockey section on every sports book. Like this should be like to bet on it. Like whether he does or doesn't break the record. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yes, probably like, I don't know. Do you, do we think it's more likely than I think it's more likely than not. So maybe it's just not worth it to bet on it. Cause there's no value anyway. I don't know. 
Yeah. I think we're on a bit of a tangent. We have yeah, we are. We, yeah. This puppy up. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, moving on from the, uh, from the Capitals uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets, the, uh, the final team we're, we're going to talk about in, in this division in kind of the to-be-determined category. It's been a tough year in Columbus. 40 points, uh, 3, 5, and 2 in their last 10. That was an exciting game against Vancouver this past weekend, I will say, but it's been another tough year uh, for CBJ. Guys, thoughts on the Jackets before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I had this team higher because I just kind of expected them to take a step Finally, I thought that it was about time that this is their year that, you know, they, they show a bit of a glimpse of, of getting better and then next year even better, but <clears throat> they just haven't quite got that step that they expected. And the veterans on this team have not pulled their weight um, in their own way. You know, uh, Line A is um, taking a leave at the moment right now, and he's struggled this year and Boone Jenner hasn't been, uh, you know, an, an all-star. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> uh, so Thanks, and Johnny Gaudreau, you expect him to be a, a point per game or more. He's not there. Uh, you've found players taking the step forward. Fantilli has been great, like we expected. Um, Marchenko continues to be a goal scoring machine. Veronikov has been pretty good in his own way, and uh, 23 years old. But then you know you don't have steps from guys like Juracek, who's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Sillinger, which we thought was going to be the man of the future for this team, but he's continued to struggle a bit. Bulkfist, Bean, the list goes on. They just, yep. they need everyone to buy in and take a step forward. And it hasn't happened, but <laughs> how much can you complain when you're this team? Like you're going to get another sick pick. They've drafted so well over the last mm-hmm. few years. Their pipeline stacked. Uh, no complaints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to address this to the only Columbus Blue Jackets fan I know who reliably listens to this show, Corey, in his work truck. So he'll be listening to this tomorrow morning, I'm assuming. Yeah. So Corey, this one's for you. Um, you're not going to like me for these two comments. First, sorry for all the ads um, because they're not going anywhere and we're trying to break even with this show. So, you know, maybe uh, listen to the ads and, and help us out. Number two is uh, this team, Columbus, needs to fire everybody at the end of the season, except for their scouting staff. Fire everybody in this organization, top to bottom, except for the people who make the picks, because they have had some pretty damn good picks over the last little while. Fire the guy who makes trades. Fire the guy who makes signings. Fire the guy who shreds paperwork or cleans the floors or the toilets. Fire everybody except for the guy who picks the players at the draft floor because everything about this team is an absolute dumpster fire right now. And again, Corey, sorry for that, but it's true. So, Chad, you kind of took, um, you know, my, uh, the, the direction that I was going to go, uh, you were going to fire the janitor too. No, no. (laughs) Shocking. No, but, uh, and, and by the way, got a vintage blue jackets hat here, chunk. I know you've seen that before. That was my grandfather's, uh, so kind of a cool little souvenir there, but, uh, I'm sorry. Why is Jarmo Kekalainen still the general manager of this hockey team? Like that is the direction I was going to go. That was in. personal. He's he's been there since 2013. Multiple coaching hires. The whole Babcock decision. 
And the way that that was addressed and just the way that he conducts himself, I, I, I just, I don't get the vibe that he even cares about his players. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that is how fed up I am with, with this general manager. He's been there forever, multiple coaching hires. They've had no success. Um, I, I don't think the culture is very good. You've got young players who are frustrated, um, older players who are not producing. It's just, it, it is a complete dumpster fire. And I don't understand why this general manager is still in place. I really don't. I know that, but from what I've heard, it's a pretty hands-off ownership group in Columbus. They kind of hire people to, and say, you know, go, you know, go run free and do your jobs. But there's got to be a change at the top. And I think we will get one, hopefully. I don't know why Kekalion is still the GM. I'm sorry. That's all yeah, I got to say. There's got to be a change at the top. And it starts with John Smith. Why is he still the janitor? <laughs> that guy has been asking for it. Let me tell you. He's been asking <laughs> for it. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say John Davidson, who's the president <laughs> of this team. But no, back to the janitorial staff. Everyone's oh, got to go except for yeah. the guys who make the picks. And and th- look, they they have a bright future and maybe as soon as next season this team will finally be able to take a step, but they've yeah, they've got to change just about everything. I agree. So Corey, sorry, we love you, man. God bless you for listening to us every week. But um, your jackets, they got to make some changes, pal. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, that wraps up uh, our in-season check-in episode on the Metro. Next week, we'll finish it off with the Atlantic. Always a fun one. And uh, yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy All-Star Weekend out of Toronto. And uh, we will talk to you again next week when we cover the Atlantic. Take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.